1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: want to welcome Adam Alexander from FS1. Good morning, buddy. How are you? How you doing, man?
1: Would you be embarrassed for me if I told you I was dancing right now? Would that be uncomfortable? (laughs) No,
2: no, not at all. Well, you know, we would understand it's Marty McFly Day.
1: <laughs> did you know that? Oh, is that right? Did you know? I did not know this. That.
2: W- it's November fifth, and this is the day that Marty McFly went back to 1955. There you go. It was on this day. <laughs> you know, you're getting some insignificant information when you come here.
0: But that doesn't mean we're going to have that's DeLorean. We were going to race with DeLorean next year. We were going to give series. him one. Okay.
1: We thought we'd give. <laughs> How'd you like that for a Christmas present? There you go, Adam. I will say that's one of my favorite movies of all time, Back to the Future. Wow. It is. You know, he got me
2: see when he – and we brought up the DeLorean. I wonder what it would be like. Have you ever seen a DeLorean on a racetrack? He'd been at a lot of events.
1: I would yeah. imagine been a lot of cars on probably have a
0: car show or something. I'm sure one's been around. The have track, you ever driven one? That's the question. Oh,
1: gosh. I've never driven one, but I will tell you this, and I think he still has it because uh, he has quite the car collection. But Joey Logano, who a year ago today, or at this time, Championship Sunday, was mm-hmm. crowned the champion in 2022, he had a DeLorean in his fleet. Now, whether or not he still has it, I'm not sure, but at one time he did. So there you go.
0: We
2: make
1: a tie to
0: NASCAR.
2: He's always bringing
0: something to the show, he man. Brings well, he brings it all. He brings it all. He ain't hanging around this dude for nothing. <laughs> well, we have him. All right, Championship Sunday, I don't know if this is the four you saw When the season began, I know a couple of them I figure would be there. One of them is Kyle Larson. Uh, But his teammate, William Byron, is on the pole for this race this week. Thoughts about just this week and what they got to do differently, starting with practice. Uh, They got an extended practice this week, right?
1: Yes, totally different than what we've experienced throughout the playoffs and really throughout the year. They do it a couple of times. If you go to a new venue, they always begin – uh, the second half of the season, when NBC takes over, they give them an extended practice, and that's more just to help out the media partners and get a little more time. And, and then we do, obviously, extended practice at the beginning of the year at Daytona uh, with all those festivities, and that's just a, a whole different animal. But, but yes, extended practice, and, and that's something that they've become accustomed to having for this championship weekend. I think it's a good thing But it does change your routine and the process with which you do business on a race weekend. So teams got practice and it does give you an opportunity to learn, maybe experiment with some things. But with simulation uh, and and as much as these teams are used to setting up cars without practice, uh, probably you do some dry runs. You certainly probably did a mock qualifying run to prep your car for qualifying yesterday. Of course, we know the results of qualifying now and. The hay is in the barn, as they say. It is it is time to go out and do the deal and race and see who wins this championship in 2023.
2: As we sit here and talk about Championship Sunday with uh, Adam Alexander, FS1, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Put a uh, stamp on this regular season. What's a couple top stories for you?
1: Well, the, the regular season was, was quite interesting. And I think the one thing going in was how would Kyle Busch perform in his new ride at Richard Childress Racing. And I think they checked a lot of boxes this year, uh, winning three races, making the playoffs. Didn't advance as far as he would have liked. But quite honestly, the three wins was was probably an overachievement based on what our expectations were going into the year and where RCR was. So that was going into the season something we would monitor. And I, I think it, um, you know, bared out some positive notes as we went throughout. The campaign. The other side of that is Tyler Reddick basically getting out of his deal at RCR a year early, goes to drive for 2311, and the continued growth with that operation under Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin's leadership to put both of their drivers in the playoffs. Both Bubba Wallace and Tyler Reddick advance out of the first round. Reddick goes farther than he's ever gone into the round of eight. I would say another two-car team that caught my eye is RFK. Matt Keselowski didn't win, but Chris Busher, his teammate, won three times at the end of the regular season, gets into the playoffs. And and then you look at the top end. William Byron having a career year, uh, winning six races. He's in the championship for the youngest driver ever to make it uh, into the championship race, driving that famed 24 car. It would be so unbelievable if he could finish the deal uh, today. Kyle Larson, and another great season. And across the board, what Hendrick Motorsports has done is pretty impressive.
0: Spending time on the wait for outline this morning with Adam Alexander. And he is social. You can find him on the Twitter, the X, or whatever you call it in the last 24 hours. At Adam, number one, Alec- Alexander. Adam, number one, Alexander. You mentioned Hendrick Racing, but you did mention our home folk. Um, uh, uh, my, my goodness, Chase Elliott in just a, a, a dismal uh, season for him. How did they get that? you know, corrected and turned around and and, um, come out to a better start when you get back to Daytona?
1: Well, you talk about stories from the regular season, and this is one we certainly couldn't have anticipated, Chase Elliott going winless and missing the playoffs. And, of course, a a lot of that is is a product of the races he missed with the leg injury, snowboarding, and and all of that. So you you have to put an asterisk on this year altogether for NASCAR's most popular driver. I said, though, when they officially had missed the playoffs, they didn't win at Daytona. We knew they were in a must-win situation. I I said 2024 starts with them at Darlington in the playoffs because they're not running for the championship. They need to go out – and find a way to be productive in the postseason this year to lay the foundation, kind of rekindle the magic uh, once we go into 2024. And and they haven't done that. And, And I think realistically when you have your two teammates as deep as they are in the playoffs and Kyle Larson and William Byron, it's hard to get that attention and do the things that they probably needed to do within the organization. I anticipate he does Bounce back, but but this is one of those turning point years that you wonder what kind of an impact it will have on Chase mentally and and what it will will do to impact where he fits in to the organization because of the success that William Byron and, and Kyle Larson have had this year, not suggesting that he's lost his place in line, but there's no doubt he's got two teammates that are championship capable based on what we've seen this year, and they will go into next year with high expectations, and so the focus will will obviously not be exclusively on Chase Elliott. So a lot of questions to answer there, and I think Chase uh, will be very happy when today ends. He can get to the offseason reset and know uh, that we're all back to square one when we get to Daytona in February
2: glad you talked about Chase Elliott because I wanted to get that behind you before I asked you this. Well, not so much a question, but both you and Sam. I want to read this because, Adam, I don't know that I'm putting you behind the eight ball, and I don't want to do that. But a comment from you on this um, would be welcome because I had never known or heard of any kind of beef going on between the various series, meaning the truck series versus Infinity series versus the cup series and how they feel about each other or opinions about how they go about their business. But this past week, it was written, and the word "embarrassed" was used when talking about what happened out there at the Phoenix Raceway with the Truck Series. This restart zone was at least drawn out fifty feet in the wrong place, to the point where NASCAR. know if you just yes or no me, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. So for the audience, and again, I, I don't want you to do the deep dive into this. And I'll, I'll just a little quick overview. NASCAR had to repaint this back to the 2020. 2022 location. So the, the truck series that's going to run on Friday night out at Phoenix has this l- painted, laid out in the wrong place. No definitive reason as to why it happened. The truck series was notified. The race was then uh, NASCAR stepped in and they repainted this whole area. Anyway, it was a quagmire. It was something that shouldn't have happened. And it, it kept one of the drivers, Corey Han, from costing him a champ at the championship if I'm correct. But then Danny Hamlin chimed in and started talking about this. And he says, this is what happens when there's no rules, no officiating. Danny Hamlin said on, special, on uh, social media, you get a product like this. The show is taken over U.S. motorsports and why it's hard to take seriously. Again, there just seems to be some sort of Class thing here. I don't know. Fill me in on what we're missing here. Is there an overview? Is this is an ongoing problem? The truck series versus what happened in Phoenix this past weekend.
1: Well, so so it's all one body NASCAR, and there was a mistake made on where that restart zone was, and they had adjusted that based on where it was. You know, Friday night they caught the air throughout the truck race. They've adjusted that now. And, and made it where it needs to be and where it was, where it was originally tended for yesterday's Xfinity race, last night's Xfinity race, and what we'll see today in the cup finale. So that was one piece of the puzzle there. What Denny is referring to in and, and, you know, the Corey Himes situation, it, it's really two separate deals. The, the restart zone did, did play a role in the outcome of that race on Friday night. But where some of the comments, and and I didn't read exactly the context of, of Denny and what he was referencing, but I have to assume that his reference to embarrassment was, you know, the racing the other night was very aggressive. And Carson Hosovar, who's one of the championship contenders, he got into Corey Heim, who was another one of the championship four drivers. It was an aggressive move. He admitted wrong. So basically... Corey Haim is going to have a tough time winning the championship. Carson Hosovar is going to have a tough time winning the championship. It looks like Grant Infinger is going to win it. Corey Haim decides, I'm not going to win it. I'm going to take out Carson Hosovar. I'm going to pay him back. When he does, it brings out the caution that takes the ball out of Grant Infinger's hands, and it changed the complexity of things. And I think everyone was just so frustrated that you had championship-level drivers that were repaying one another, that in turn impacted the outcome of the championship race, yeah. and and so that's where I think we heard some of the words embarrassment and and we need to officiate differently and and some of those things. So that's 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 the best I can do to clean that up and, and connect the dots.
0: All right, he All was right. the guy to ask. I know. I know, it. I know it. Two things before before we can let you get, let you get out of here. Um, Kevin Harvick uh, today. Yep. Uh, thoughts on him.
1: Uh, we're, we're doing a special with Kevin. I tell you the conversations I've had with Kevin, he's ready. He's ready to be done. He's ready to move on to the next chapter of his life. Amazing career, 23 years. We all go back to 2001 when we tragically lost Dale Earnhardt. He takes over, wins in his third start. He's a champion. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It'll be tough to see him walk away today. I'm sure it'll be emotional Uh, but it's been fun to watch Kevin transform over the years into the man he is and the great father that he is, and we look forward to having him with us at at Fox. But uh, the end of a tremendous run today at Phoenix for Kevin Harvick, no doubt.
0: Once they drop the green flag, once Kyle Larson, if Kyle Larson gets to the point, anybody reeling him in, he's the best finisher right now, I think, of anybody out there. He's
1: the favorite, I think, because of the championship experience, winning it at this track two years ago. He led 200 laps at Phoenix in the spring, so he's good at this track. I I probably would have given Ryan Blaney a lot more credit going into today and given him a much better chance to win the championship if they hadn't qualified 15th. I think that's really going to make it difficult for him. William Byron's on the pole, which is huge. Uh, But if I had to bet right now, I'd put my money on Kyle Larson wearing it today.
0: Yeah, What you got coming up for us today?
1: We got race day, noon Eastern, 90 minutes. We'll hear from all four championship drivers. We'll get a word with Jeff Gordon, who, of course, has been in this position before and now is one of the leaders at Hendrick Motorsports. They've got, obviously, a 50% chance of winning it today. And we'll also do an interview with Kevin Harvick as he preps for his final start in NASCAR's Cup Series.
2: Yeah. I would like to see if we can give – uh, Adam a question that he will then, in turn, ask the drivers or something kind of connected <laughs> with it. Like today was the day that George Foreman, I'm sure he, Adam remembers this, the day that George Foreman came back and beat Michael Moore and won the heavyweight championship. That happened on this day, on this 1994. Day. Adam remembers Thank where he that. was.
1: Hey, instead of me asking my question, I'm going to say, Kevin, let's go to the mailbag. Greg from Atlanta, Georgia, wants to know. <laughs> well, no, the, que- so then, oh, then the oh question. So
2: the question is this: that's the fact. The question is, have you owned a George Foreman grill?
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Sponsorship Adam, opportunity. There you
2: go, Adam. As always, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for putting up with my nonsense and and coming on and 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 clarifying that's uh, bringing
0: clarity to that story. Yeah, thanks a lot, Adam. You got it. All have right. a great one, guys.